was talking to my wife yesterday and was like, everyone's at a, like when, when people are say they have a good day, what they mean is it's a maximum of a six. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Like, nobody's having a, nobody's having the best day of their life. Right. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Curtain Calls. My name is Tony Smith. Really, really excited about uh, my guest today. We have, uh, he calls himself the clarinet guy. He's a composer. Uh, he's a classical <laughs> clarinetist. Um, Eric Salazar, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thank thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, have you been holding up? How's everything? Well, I've been throwing myself into work to yeah. keep myself uh, busy and occupied and I, I've been trying to do as much ironically I've been trying to do as much collaboration as possible <laughs> <laughs> because it's I, I think that what really gets me going as an artist is helping people that's why I make music and I've been doing a lot of remote recording projects so mm. I can collaborate with my fellow musicians so we can sort of all still have a sense of purpose uh, together navigating these waters. So, you know, you are used to performing live with everybody. What's the biggest challenge doing this virtually? Like who, who has the master track or do you even do that? I, how does this work? Yeah, great. All great questions. <laughs> the The hardest part, I mean, just sort of stepping back, the, the hardest part about uh, presenting quote unquote performances right now is that right. it's it's not live. I can't physically see the audience. I can't, you know, feel the energy of their applause because when they're mm -hmm. clapping their hands, they're literally generating sound energy and I can't feel that. But in terms of how you are able to continue to present work is a lot of people are doing these videos where they're basically overdubbing themselves playing together. So the way it works is you record, as you said, Tony, you record a master track. So someone lays down the foundation and then you pass that around to whoever's going to record and each person uh, records themselves playing with the foundation, except the foundation is coming through their headphones so that the microphone they're recording into doesn't pick it up. Sure. And then you send whoever's going to edit it, uh, all of the files, and they stack them on top of each other and mix it together. Yeah, that sounds, um, that sounds like a blast. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're we're really glad you're doing it. I'm I'm really shocked by people's uh, drive, like you said, during that you, that you've got during during this time. Um, so, have you found that there's any advantages to that? Because you know, like you said, it's so hard to replicate, and everyone takes it with a grain of salt, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. a little bit forgiving that obviously we're missing some of that just <laughs> undefinable energy. Uh -huh. um, but have you found anything that you like about it? Uh, yeah, there, I mean, there's plenty to like, and 
plenty to dislike, <laughs> which is, and the same could be said for when we're performing live as well. You know, not every rehearsal is a magical <laughs> experience. Well, okay. Some of them yeah. drudge on. But um, I think doing all the remote recording, something that's particularly cool about it is that you get multiple chances to mm -hmm. create the exact music you want. Because you're, you're not just doing a single performance of it you're you're recording and you might do one take and get it or you might do five takes and and that's the cool part is that you can really be more detail oriented than you might normally would be because you're getting several chances to create the music the way you want to i was about to ask um you know when you work with like film normally like you said you get you get takes and if you're an actor, that means that you can do it in different ways. You can take risks here and there. I always, and I don't know music, so, that, so I'm mm -hmm. asking as somebody who doesn't know things, um, I always see music as like very math-oriented, very exact, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it, do you, so when you're doing these takes, do you find yourself taking risks in areas you normally wouldn't? How does that work? Well, and that's that's sort of the the luxury of getting to do multiple takes. I I am a in general a risk taker no matter what, but it is um it all has to line up. So there is a process of being rhythmically accurate and that you can't really fuss with that in this virtual world because when you send the editor the files, if people are fussing around with the rhythmic elements, then it just doesn't line up and it sort of sounds like a mess. Sure. But in terms of sort of the hard to quantify expression elements, yeah, that you can really experiment with. You can, um, you know, for example, as a clarinetist, I might try doing something that's called slurring the phrase, which okay. that's where everything sounds very connected, like one note seamlessly goes into the next. And then I might listen to back to it and be like, you know what? I want to try a different character for this. And then I might try something that is more using what we call tonguing or articulation, where the notes are more separated. So hmm. I won't really mess with the rhythm too much because I know it has to line up, but I can play around with those expressive elements, things like how the notes connect to each other, sort of um, emotionally and expressively, I can really experiment with. That's super interesting because I've just never <laughs> thought about things like that, but that's, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, so, you know, obviously we're all doing this from, from home right now. Um, do, do you have plans to, you know, okay. And maybe I'll, maybe I'll edit this out because we're getting a little too in the weeds and maybe I won't, <laughs> but like, um, you know, everyone's talking about, you know, safety is our number one priority. And of course it is. Um, and, and we as performers, of course, can't wait to start performing again with each other. Um, do you find that, uh, I have to imagine that the area has to be much, much larger for you to be able to perform in the same stage as another classical performer at the moment, um, considering like the range of droplets? Yeah. Uh, have you had an experience to even do it like, you know, 20 feet away from somebody or... Or are we just still kind of in lockdown until things are a little more clear? <laughs> That's a good question. And there's different philosophies, to, yeah. to be perfectly honest. I, okay. In my 
in my space, in my reality, um, I typically am pretty, how can I put it? I'm always down to collaborate. I'll do just about anything. But in terms of my, oh, I make sure I play these gigs like every month, I'm actually kind of exclusive with who I do those regular gigs with. So for me, in my reality, we're just having lots of conversations like me and, and my group forward motion is, is the name of my ensemble. We focus on performing works by living composers. We're just having conversations where it's, Hey, what's everyone's comfort level? Mm. You know, how, how are we going to do this? What safety precautions should we, should we take? And there's just not a lot of information on what effect, you know, playing a wind instrument (laughs) might have of spreading the virus you know does it inhibit it does it enhance the spread we're we're just not all the way sure yet but for me right now it's just a matter of we're having lots of conversations as as a group of what we're comfort comfortable doing i can say that in terms of performing the first performance that we are going to do for the, in the near future is going to be August 8th. And it's not a live public performance. It's going to be a sort of highly produced video performance. Yeah. Yeah. I I understand that for sure. Um, Okay. We'll lighten it up. Let's have some fun. (laughs) Um, How did you, why the clarinet? You don't hear about the clarinet that often, if I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, I love the clarinet. I'm not trying to judge. I'm just saying you don't, you know, why the clarinet? (laughs) So I love talking about this because it's so out of left field, but I chose the clarinet because of Tom and Jerry. I, Tom and Jerry was one of the things I was very chatty as a kid. um, And Tom and Jerry was one of the few ways after school where mom could have a moment's peace. If she turned on Tom and Jerry and had me sit down and watch it. And I I distinctly remember hearing Rhapsody in blue at, at some point in Tom and Jerry, which that's the famous orchestral piece that has this really neat uh, clarinet, solo right at the beginning and I remember going oh I like that a lot I want to do that and then in general music class eventually we got to the point where it was almost time to see if you wanted to do band and so we had a presentation on the different instruments that you might be able to play if you join band and as soon as I heard the clarinet I went oh that's the Tom and Jerry thing that I love and then when we tried instruments, I was just like, I want to play clarinet. And the band directors were like, well, are you sure? Like drums or saxophone? And I was just like, no, clarinet only. <laughs> <laughs> so this whole career started because of Tom and Jerry. <laughs> That's such a good story. That's amazing. <laughs> and the fact that you just like knew, know immediately like the genesis of your, of your passion for this. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> wow. Um, so do you, do you still like watch the Hanna-Barbera cartoons with, with like a musical eye? Uh, I haven't in a while, actually. I, I sort of moved away from watching TV shows. I'm sort of a weird millennial. I don't watch like anything, not even Netflix. I, my, my focus is usually if I'm going to give attention to media, I, I usually play video games and I do okay. play video games like both for 
uh, sort of the pleasure of understanding the mechanics of how to play the game, but I right. also definitely am always listening as a musician to the soundtracks for the video games. Um, video games right now, especially for me, are super important because I'm like you, we're moving into this more of like virtual programming space. And so every piece of TV I watch is just like academic Mm -hmm. In in a sense where you're just like, oh, okay, that's the angle I need to use. So video games for me are also the only way of like relaxing at the moment. <laughs> um, my favorite, okay. Um, so you, I know just from previous conversations, we have your big Final Fantasy player. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I know that the scores on those are, are like pretty well known, pretty like, big scores um yeah. uh, did you get into final fantasy because of the music or they both just happened to align well i you know it's interesting because i well okay i guess as a like preteen, i did play one of the older ones i say mm -hmm. old it's not the oldest one final fantasy 8 which is sort of like in the middle of the series just looking chronologically um, but it was a little too complex for me so I sort of left the series, and I actually didn't play until I was in grad school getting my master's okay. degree, because I that was a you know master's degree is hard; it's no joke. So I, I sort of needed an outlet, and I yeah. I don't know what caused it, but I just sort of decided, all right, I'm going to comprehensively play this series, <laughs> <laughs> okay. and so I started playing Final Fantasy like with the intention of, I just needed something to focus yeah. on to feel like I could achieve. And then I heard the music and by that time I had a very developed ear as a performer and a composer. So I, I was able to recognize the quality of the music and I've just been hooked ever since. That's man. That's fantastic. I, the, I get into different types of video games. I, I like, um, I like games where you can kind of pick your own character and things. But mm. um, when I'm super busy, I like games that are in 20 minute chunks so that I can kind of get back to what I'm doing when I need to. Yeah. A very stressful time for me for no particular reason, except that I like to be stressed is when I was <laughs> having to pick what college to go to mm. and I couldn't make up my mind. And I became, look, I'm not going to brag, but I am going to brag. I am great. <laughs> I mean, great at um we golf the original Wee golf. i became just like excellent at it are you familiar with like the we golf like sound or with, like the Wii sports soundtrack uh yes yep. okay so i can't decide it goes in waves for me if it's absolute garbage or if it's the most <laughs> brilliant thing i've ever heard i can't i can't decide <laughs> can i get your opinion on this <laughs> uh it's definitely catchy so okay, that yeah, see, counts that's <laughs> that counts for um, something. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I my mean, initial it, thought is to think like this is the most annoying thing I've ever heard, <laughs> but it's still lasting. Well, yeah, it's it's all about like as a composer, you think about all right, what's my job, and and a composer's job is to make music. If if you're composing for video games or film, your job okay. is to make music that enhances the story of the other form of media. So in that sense, it is a wildly successful composition <laughs> because it, it totally enhances the mood and the carefree sort of like nature of it. <laughs> um, 
All right. All right. So we'll we'll put it in the good category. I'll take it. <laughs> I like it. I asked for your opinion and I got it. Um, so speaking of composing, um, you're doing a pretty cool project right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. I'm doing a vinyl project, which is... Yeah. Just so I never thought I'd even get to be on vinyl, but this thing is, I've, I've been selected by a record label based out of Brooklyn, New York. Okay. They're called Least of All Sound Recordings. And what they're doing is they are cutting vinyl records of my recordings, but it's done in a super unique, one-of-a-kind way. So the way it works is people go to the label's website and they navigate to my section on it. And then I have a list of options of songs you can order. And what I'm supposed to do, the agreement with the label is I'm supposed to make a unique recording for each order, not each song, each order. So that means if three people order the same song, I'm making three versions of it, one for each person. And then the, I know it's cool. And then the (laughs) label cuts that recording to vinyl. So the person who's getting this music is getting not only a unique interpretation in terms of a sound recording, but they're also getting a one of a kind physical copy that is not going to be printed or pressed in any other way. So I'm really excited because the feeling with music that's been missing in my life is sometimes when you go to a performance, you feel like people are playing just for you. And that's hard to do these days. But with this project, it it is. The the people who get a record, that is the only record that is going to exist of that song. So I'm really excited about it. Um, I don't like to cuss on this podcast, but that's the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank that's you. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> um, so, okay. So the, how did you get approached? Uh, I actually submitted an application. Okay. There was sort of an application and these kinds of things, I'm pretty like thick skinned. I usually, I'm just like, I'll submit an application. Right. We'll see what happens. And, you know, I, I, I live in the real world. I know that the clarinet isn't always what's wanted when you put it next to, you know, a singer songwriter. But for, for some reason, there was something about my application that they accepted. And, and the thing that I didn't mention in my overview is that it is in a super short time frame. So people have until Monday, May 25th, until the end of the day on Monday, May 25th, to place an order. And then that's it. It's a super exclusive, limited sort of release. Um, That's very exciting. Um, We will have... uh a link to to that purchase in the description of the podcast for people Yay. that are listening. Um, look that up. Um, this releases, what, on Friday the, what is that, the 22nd? So uh, take the weekend, guys, and, and get into that project. That is so <laughs> cool. Um, uh, so is it one track per per vinyl yeah yeah it's a i think they're 45s and it's yeah it's gonna be one track uh per vinyl did you get to make your own like cover art or how does that work yeah actually that was fun too they they wanted 
like uh, down to earth, like pictures in your home studio of you. So the cover art is me. I I took I did it like a self timer shot with my camera my phone, and it I didn't know this but it takes like three pictures at once. Oh and yeah. So there was one out of three where I'm like sort of looking off to the side because I didn't know it was taking a picture yet, and then there the other two were me smiling, but the one where I'm sort of like stoically looking off in the distance <laughs> looked way better. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that the cover art is just me and my clarinet guy uh, shirt with my clarinet looking in my home studio <laughs> that's man that is that is awesome um so tell us about like the selection we can expect uh uh from from this record yeah so i wanted to do a mixture of my music my originals and some classical music as well so i i'm pretty sure yeah i've got five options you can either get something called Lost Soul, which is a dreamscape improvisation thing that I do. You can get something called Chirp Fly Soar, which is a piece I made originally uh, with Beneficence Records up at Ball State. And that one is cool because like two thirds of the way through, I use distortion guitar effects with my clarinet. And that sounds super cool. That's cool. Um, and then there's two etudes from Cyril Rose, who's an ex- it's the most famous etude book if you're a clarinet player. So okay. every clarinet player who hears this will be like, oh yeah, the Rose etudes. So there's two etudes from that. They're sort of in the very kind of classical style. And then there's one very famous uh, solo work for clarinet by Igor Stravinsky as well. And that is a... Um, it's one of the standards in the clarinet repertoire and I've always wanted to record it. So we'll see if I get any orders for that one. Yeah. (laughs) Something for everybody. It sounds like. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, man, we are so excited by this project. Um, I, do you mind if we do a few lightning round things before we wrap up? Lightning round. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. Um, what's your favorite classical piece? Oh no, I don't know that. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> New World it's Symphony. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> oh, it's what? it's not that lightning. No, it's uh, I, I like the New World Symphony by Dvorak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite piece of pop music right now? Oh man. All right. So I actually am sort of really into uh, Billie Eilish. Uh, uh, yes. When the party's over. I love that mm-hmm. one. It's just so mellow and I tend to like contemplative music. So, so I, I dig that one. Uh, I love, yeah. Love that song. Um, what's the best like movie score? <sighs> well, you know, it's, Sort of, I okay, I will say that Lord of the Rings, I was going to say Star Wars, but I do think Lord of the Rings comes out on top for me just because Howard Shore took the time to make the cultures that were represented on screen. He literally drew from different musical cultures. So the dwarves have a completely different sound world than the elves do. I had no idea. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, what? Uh, on that note, what is your favorite movie? Oh, my favorite movie. Okay, so this is another just way out of left field. I actually love this 
ridiculously insignificant comedy called Hot Rod that stars oh, Andy Samberg. Yeah, it's and I love it because if you had talked to me when I was a 17-year-old, all of my mannerisms were from that movie. Okay. So a, a big part of who I am today, for better or for worse, my mannerisms <laughs> and the way I speak, a lot of it comes from that movie because I watched it so much with my friends. Uh, for those that don't know, Hot Rod is um, a 2008? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. And it's like right at the beginning of like Bill Hader, uh, Andy Sandberg, um, the Lonely Island Trio, like mm-hmm. a bunch of comedy stars that are like, if you made it today, you wouldn't believe that cast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that's funny because that's what happened with me and um, Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, yeah. Um, that's good, too. Uh, favorite video game? <laughs> Uh, well, um, I guess I'll have to say it's uh, it's actually Final Fantasy VI is my favorite Six. video game. Yep. Okay. Um, and then what is something you're doing um, just to, like, keep sane during, during what's going on that we haven't talked about? Yeah, so I, I, I'm also kind of an athlete i play soccer like i i I play pickup games um in sort of a semi-competitive uh league and and that of course stopped so but i do still have my soccer ball and my cleats and i have a gigantic yard that i dislike mowing but i do like playing soccer in my yard (laughs) so i've been uh you know kicking the ball around trying to get some exercise what are what are you like cooking or making or what's like a weird thing that uh the store is out of something you've replaced it with something else and you're like you know what blackberry jam is the best jam (laughs) so i uh usually uh gabby my wife is the the cooker and i'm the dishwasher Oh, but but because we're you know we are there's no eating out and if we're lucky we might get something delivered like maybe every other week. So okay. I have had to take up the mantle of cooking. <laughs> yes. And okay. I have discovered that I am uh, somehow very good at making a variety of tacos. So oh. just it doesn't matter if I've got tortillas and a variety of vegetables. It I don't know how I do it, but I'm able to like splice together all these different interesting combinations. Um, the other night I used, let's see, what did I, I used pork and pineapples and tomato paste and uh, lime, and it yeah. was really good. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I love it. Okay, well, Eric, thank you so much for talking with us. Um, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. Yay, thanks for having me, Tony. This is so wonderful. And thank you for letting me speak about that vinyl project because it's so, I feel like I'm going to get to play music for people again, for individuals again. It's truly a really great thing. I'm going to check it out right now. I encourage everybody (laughs) to check it out. Again, the link is in the description. Um, This has been Curtain Calls, uh, as always, brought to you by Arts for Lawrence. Uh, Thank you guys so much and have a wonderful weekend.